So have you been watching the Olympic Games at all? I've been trying. I'm not really a big fan of track and field. Yeah. To well, be honest, and I, I mean, my only exposure has really been I would have a wee listen to Five Live, maybe first thing in the morning, and they're they're all very enthusiastic about it. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, we've won more medals. And right. I wins like I'm not quite as cynical as Pierce Morgan would be. Yeah. Uh-huh. You right. know, so I really, really rate gold. Gold, gold medals. They only rates gold. Is that yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's understandable when you when you're as as athletic as Perry's Morgan. Yes. Anyway, he's uh-huh. obviously well qualified. <laughs> well qualified, the judge. You're right. Well, like our very own, weirdly enough, podcast, the 2020 Olympic Games was postponed because of COVID nineteen. However, the games are now well underway, and there's plenty of variety in sport on offer. Uh, and this has got me thinking of events that used to be in the modern Olympics but aren't anymore so Not here course. we go first one is uh, and this was as recently as 1982 solo synchronized swimming a strange sport of solo synchronized swimming was a staple of the game synchronized swimming is weird enough but to do it on your own it's just playing bonkers but how is it synchronized because you're not synchronized with anybody I know yeah. that makes literally no sense <laughs> that's like solo orchestra uh, and uh this came up quite a lot the plunge for distance the what the plunge for distance it was an event in the 1904 games in St. Louis Missouri saw a competition combining the long jump with diving basically competitors would dive into a pool and see how long they could glide underwater in less than a minute so they they were able to stay underwater for a minute and then they had to come up Uh, and the event was won by an American called William Dickey uh, with a distance of 62 and a half feet well, see, to be fair, it makes more sense than... I'm, I'm struggling with the concept of solo synchronized. Yeah. I'm, I, I, that's like... I, it's, it's like fab fun. Yeah. Or wet dry. Yeah. It's just, you know... Uh, live pigeon shooting was one with real well, pigeons. We need to bring that back. Avian Slaughter was the name of the game back uh, in the Paris 1900 games yeah. where contestants would be eliminated if they missed two birds in a row. The Pigeon Murder Fest was won by Leon uh, de Linden of, uh, of Belgium. Shooting sports actually uh, came up a lot in my research with that running deer uh, shooting uh, a game. Uh, thankfully, uh, this early 20th century sport didn't mm. actually use real deers but moving targets instead. So they were like pictures of deers and you had to shoot at them do you know what I want them to bring back what joysting well one thing you might quite like is dual fighting right Uh, dual fighting is if it's more your thing rather than shooting at animals uh, this was a sport that was included in the 1912 games in Stockholm contestants uh, however didn't fire at, at each other uh, health and safety killjoys uh, made sure mannequins dressed in frock coats were used instead. Oh, see, that's no good. You want a proper duel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With like a, you know, oh, that'll be fine, you'll be good. And back to Paris again. Uh, you know dog grooming seems to be quite a business these days. Yeah, yeah. You see groomers cropping up everywhere. Well, back in, in the 1900 games in Paris, um, poodle clipping was a contested sport. Right. The event drew 6,000 spectators. 6,000 people went to watch 120 competitors clip as many dogs as they could in two hours. Yeah, that'd be pretty good to watch. The winner was Avril Lafoyle, who got the goal with 17 poodles clipped. Mm. The Paris Games uh, attracted a lot of different sports. They even had events for uh, equine long jump and high jump. 
led horses doing long jumps and high jumps. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard the stories about the Olympic Village uh, and all the saucy things going on behind closed well, doors. Have uh, you? Yeah. There's. Uh, did I did I dream this? I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about this. What's on, this? On a family, yeah. allegedly family yeah. friendly podcast. Um, but there's like oh, these sex beds there's like these kind of beds that the they only hold the weight of one person yes and then they collapse yeah I've heard of that I've heard of that rumour yeah very apparently, apparently that is a thing <laughs> it's today, it's, that's today of the old um, the old uh, cool beds I think they're made of cardboard yes yeah well, so if you do the old one T buck on my shoe it'll just you know well, did, clubs, you know. did you know that the Olympic organisers have been giving out condoms at the Games since 1980s? Right. It started in Seoul in 1988 as a way to prevent the spread of HIV. Yeah. Uh, all the Games since then have given out packs uh, to Olympians, including 150,000 available during the London 2012 Games. Oh, so you don't want them coming back and having wins? Yes. With, like, random... People like you. 70,000 prophylactics. Pro- that's one of the words I can't say. <laughs> were issued to competitors during the Sydney Games. Uh, I think that was back in 2000, but a shortage quickly occurred and a rush order of a further 20,000 was made available to the Randy Sportsman and Woman. There you are. They, they had to actually order more. The Rio Games gave out the most, 450,000. Some of the games even had uh, mottos for their rubber supply, including of Beijing, where the slogan was faster, higher, and stronger. I'm surprised they have the energy, to be yeah. honest. You know, you've you got, got to respect them for that. Uh, the I'd to- probably rather have a cup of tea, to be honest, after <laughs> an exhausting day on the, the track. The Tokyo Games have been... Uh, an exception to the avail, uh, no exception, sorry, to the availability of free condoms. However, organizers say that they're just souvenirs and they should take them home, stating that competitors must avoid unnecessary forms of contact. And uh, with a two-meter social distancing limit, it does make sexual contact all but impossible. I would think. Hmm. So they're giving a hundred and sixty thousand rubber johnnies to fifteen hundred competitors. Sorry, I'm writing this like a, um, like a tabloid. Oh, I yes, you More than 10 per person. I'll leave it to you to draw your own conclusions as to how, how many are it going to It sounds absolutely exhausting, to be honest. <laughs> yes, Especially you'd that a cup of tea or an IPA. Yeah, yeah, a, a nice chilled IPA might be more, more than fun looking. Are you supposed to chill IPA? <sighs> I, think I, 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 I don't think you're supposed to, but I do. Yeah. And do you know what? If any listeners <laughs> have a problem with that... They can contact me at www.i don't really care what you think.com. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you know I do like Sorry idea, to come across passive aggressive, you know, but. Have you heard um, Stuart Lee's stuff on, on uh, IPAs? It does really good. Is he. Pr- I think he's anti IPA, is he? Or? No, it's kind of. He's kind of saying that it, it's alcoholism hidden as, oh, I, I'm a connoisseur, really. And he, he's talking about like it's like wine. Wine's kind of like that as the well. The thirsty like, judge. It's it's you know nine point eight percent and it, such and such. And you see, it's percent. part of that subdivision of kind of posh alcoholism. That gin's a little bit like that as well. You know, you yeah. get people on the oh, I'm in the gin club. Look at me in my Facebook post. <laughs> club, no offense if you're into that, you know. Because yeah. I do you know people that are. I used to like you know, gin. Going on about your botanicals and all that sort of. It's stuff. just got daft. Jen. It's okay. Like I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've always been a bear man, to be honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, 
Nice IPA. Definitely. Definitely. Nice IPA. What was the... the do you remember that they had lagers in the day that had a, like a young lady on them? Was that Tenants? Tenants, yeah. Back I think, the I think it did. That's, That's pretty much before like, my time. I'll be 19 at least, yeah. I'd have those ring pulls that you kind of... You pulled it right back. I, I think, remember... I, I think we need to bring that back. Yeah. You know? Those cans would be like... Um, collectors but what you could do to avoid accusations of sexism you could have young young gentlemen as well yeah so you know if you're a bit sort of you know ambivalous or whatever you know you could just go for whatever you want like it's like the nuts behind the bar remember those yeah hot hot nuts yes no well i mean the nuts that were on a card oh yes yes kept taking one off and it would show a a lady behind yeah you normally peggy macho standing there you don't get a more pub well, you meant Peggy Mitchell in the photos. Well, I suppose back in the day, yeah. 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 Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week with a podcast all about mud floods. The Great Mud Flood. Wow. Um, I don't know if we should even go there, but we are. Oh, we're never uh, afraid to shy away from anything on Weirdly Enough. Speak to you next week, folks. Remember, check out weirdlyenough.com or check the socials for more from us.